All right, good morning, Little Rock. Today is Friday, and I just got paid. If you got your STEMI check, then you got paid twice. Twice. <laughs> All right, this is your weekly edition of Black Consumer News Headlines here on KABF 88.3 FM. If you haven't already, go, go check, check out, out our new website at Black Consumer News. Check it daily, every day, twice a day, three times, four times. Make it your daily read. Mm -hmm. A lot of news there. A lot of great news, keeping up with local news, national news, and we want to be a part of your day, like Wes said, each and every day. All right. So uh, we post the top news stories impacting black consumers in Arkansas and across the nation. As Arkansas's only black-owned online news startup, our goal is to be your daily online newspaper and multimedia platform. All right. And I am your host, Angel Burt, uh, Chief Creative Officer and producer of this show, co-producer of this show. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's not going down right now. Um and we have Wesley Brown is the BCM publisher and executive editor. Wesley is a longtime financial and political reporter at the Arkansas State Capitol and publisher of the Daily Record Business Journal here in Little Rock, writing mm-hmm. and publishing everywhere and being and doing the best at it. Wesley, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? You're oh, looking I'm bright, <laughs> sunshiny day. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Just um, a pleasure to be here. At Black Consumer News, we have a a lot of good information that we're going to be talking about and discussing today. Our guest today is going to be Terry Hollinsworth, Mm -hmm. the Pulaski County Clerk. And so we're going to be talking to her about the House Bill 1715 as it regards to voters' rights. Yeah, and it's a very important story. If you're watching the national story about what's going on in in Georgia and North Carolina, this is a story uh, that is now coming to Arkansas. So uh, we're going to talk about that with Terry. About especially in Pulaski County, which is the state's largest county. Yeah, also infiltrating Arkansas. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> Absolutely. And as always, Wes, we begin with our headline stories. Some of the things we're going to be talking about is uh, the George um, Floyd case that just got started, the trial. Mm-hmm. And um, also, uh, we're going to be talking about President um, Joe Biden's big plans to, re- to rebuild the nation's highways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to discuss. Um, also, to wear or not to wear your mask. Right. Um, Mayor right. Frank Scott Jr. Um, did his state of the city's annual address and the Arkansas legislators mean spirited um, voter suppression bills, as we discussed earlier or right. at the top just We're now. We're going to talk with Terry about that. We're going to talk to her about that. So, um, um, after Arkansas's mask mandate expires on March 31st, the White House is calling on all Americans to stay vigilant to keep COVID-19 at bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here in Arkansas, Wes, uh, we're going to talk about the governor, the mayor, the legislators' views and mandates, and uh, uh, if we want to wear or know what their views are, too. We also want to know our listeners' yeah, views as well. Yeah, y'all call in and tell us, right. do you want to wear a mask or not to wear a mask? And how how is it going to be for the next several months? Absolutely. And you can do that by calling 501 433 so let us know what your your your, your viewpoint is about uh, wearing the mask or not to to wear the mask. And so I want to start off first, Wesley, by talking about the George 
Floyd case. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the things that I'm, I'm hearing are, 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 are very uh, disturbing as far as talking about, you know, he had opioids in, in his body. And, it's, and it seems to me the same sort of model that they use to discredit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, his character right. uh, and, and say that I guess his life is not worth anything because maybe he was uh, doing drugs or mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, and, and I, and I, it's, it's kind of disheartening to some degree. I mean, it's the same thing that black men have to face in, in just everyday society. Yes. Uh, if we are somehow speaking out for ourselves or being or involved in any situation with white people or, or, or who are supposed to be an authority, so to speak, and, and we question them, we become the angry black man. And uh, that's what the de- defense attorney during the trial tried to portray uh, not only uh, George Floyd, uh, mm-hmm. but he also tried to the people who were trying to stop it. There was a young man uh, that was, uh, yeah. yeah, he was, uh, I think it was Deshaun Williams. I can't even remember his name, but he was on the stand. Very articulate, bright young man. Uh, and I don't like to say articulate in the sense because white people say that about certain black people. Sure. When they, I think all our people are articulate and mm-hmm. smart and, and, and worthy of being heard. But in this situation, Confident. yeah, Confident. yeah, he got on the stand and he, they tried to say, well, once, uh, they tried to call him an angry man because he tried to speak out against it. I think it. they asked him, were you mad? Yeah, yeah. It's just like were, what were you angry when you were talking to the officer? Yeah, what 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 did that have Concerned to do with because you had your knee on somebody's <laughs> neck? And he came back and said, No, I was controlled. I was professional. And he said, I didn't cross the line. I didn't come off the curb. I just watched the incident to make sure. And then I, he said, and, and but this is what really struck me. He said, I watched a man die today, that day. And you know, just to see that we don't know how that experience is going to happen. As a journalist, the first time I saw uh, 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 going to a crime scene and seeing somebody get shot, a, that just, I mean, that still sticks with me this day. And I guarantee that young man will remember that day and be seared in his brain forever uh, oh. to see someone, to watch the life go out of someone. Listen, uh, in, in person, I can't even imagine, but Mm-mm. I don't I don't think I've ever watched it even on, on video. Just, mm-hmm. just the thought of it. I just have not come to grips with that at all. Right. And um, everyone's life is important and valued. He was someone's son, someone's, um, you know, significant other, mm-hmm. you know, an uncle, a brother, what have you. And his life is just as important yeah, but, as anyone but, but, else's. But, but, but what they're going to try to do, and we'll see this during the case, uh, the defense attorney is going to bring witnesses to talk about what he did up until that point, what his life was up until that point. And mm-hmm. we all, I, somebody to assassination. Somebody can go back in my life and I've acted up <laughs> a few times. Yeah, even in church. So. Starting start in first grade, I think <laughs> yeah, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> All of us, right? Yeah, so there's just been incidents in my life where uh, I, I've been, you know, I walk in a grocery store and just because uh, and see, you know, a white person in front of me uh, go through the line and and, and with a with a with their uh, payment method, a check or or uh, a credit card or a debit mm-hmm. card mm-hmm. and not have to show any ID. And then I come up in the line, uh, sir, we're going to have to ask you to show your ID. And, and just those kind of things that we have those to deal with. Those disparities and equities that we have to deal with constantly day. in this country. And then, you know, for something that was so polarizing and mm-hmm. so obvious on mm-hmm. the video mm-hmm. uh, of him murdering this person mm-hmm. and then to come back and try to assassinate his character, which is something, mm-hmm. again, we see in our court systems 
all the time. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and we definitely should do our 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 our, our due diligence to get yeah. these things just. And you know, even as a reporter, I've I've, I've deal with that. Am am dealing with that in one situation where where an organ organization that I cover is questioning um, my professionalism. Basically, because I'm I'm black, because I'm asking questions uh, based on and, and and being as a reporter, sometimes I have to be aggressive. Sure. So they have uh, attacked my integrity and attack. So I won't say the name of the organization, but but I deal with that or uh, where I have to show my press pass and the white reporter right in front of me just walks into an event. So those are things that that uh, that we're you know, we feel that to, and it's hard for me to watch things like that on TV. Because it builds up, it, it it starts bringing those those things that you have to deal with every day. Well, and it's and it's very emotional time right now, and and, and again, uh, there's millions of people that feel the same way that you do, Wesley. And so I would just say that you know this trial once again is bringing out polarizing facts that are again inequitable things that happen to the black community, African American community, mm-hmm. and has for centuries and centuries on end. And so to go through this trial and almost reliving it and mm-hmm. unfairly, yeah. you know, and assassinating, I can't say it enough, assassinating someone's character mm-hmm. and what they did in their personal life does not constitute a person being murdered. Right. And, and you know, I heard someone say this is once again, and I've heard this said with other big trials similar to this, uh, uh, going back back 20 and 30 years, this is putting the, the nation's criminal justice system on trial. So, uh, this is an important uh, a verdict, uh, uh, and I, America is watching this. So it, it'll it'll be important to see as we go through this trial what happens after the verdict comes down. Absolutely. So we will keep a close watch on that and certainly be updating and reporting you. Make sure you go to blackconsumernews.com to keep informed uh, with all the news that's affecting the black consumer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hey, Wesley, I also wanted to um, uh, you to tell us about the difference. Um, we're going back to the mask now um, uh, when um, between President Biden is saying how Governor Hutchinson is responding as far as the differences uh, between you know, the mandates and also what the mayor is going to do. And even Fauci was talking about the mask um, mm-hmm. uh, this week. And so it's like, I think it's a lot of information out there yes. once again. And people are just people following. don't know what to do. Right. Because you had Trump in in, in position and, and was ignoring all the, you know, the mask and saying that we didn't need the mask. And then now Biden is coming in. And saying, oh, yeah, you need the mask. Mm-hmm. You need to put the mask on. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you need to take one shot and you need to take two shots and then it's, mm-hmm. it's like you need to trust us and then it's just like okay we don't trust and there's so many it's so many variables yeah. that are going on out there as far as the mask is concerned but I also want to talk about it um, as far as from city to city state to state mm-hmm. uh, and so those are some different discrepancies yeah. especially with our own governor saying you don't have to wear the mask and then the mayor coming in and saying yeah we, we need to keep the mask on so let's talk about yeah, that. Uh, President uh, Biden had uh, at a White House meeting on I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, he came out and said that although there are many states that are ending their mask mandates, including Arkansas, he encouraged because uh, he encouraged them. And then uh, CDC director Rochelle Walensky mm-hmm. also came out with him, was sitting with him, mm-hmm. and they were encouraging that uh, 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 that he would they're basically encouraging all the states not to end their mask mandates to continue. Uh, uh, wearing the man until 
what we call reach, reach herd mentality, where most people have have taken the COVID vaccine and uh, about 70 percent. We're at, I think we're at about the White House said we're at about 38 percent of the nation has has taken the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So when we you basically you need to double that before you stop wearing the mask and, and stop social distancing. But what happened in Arkansas uh, on March 31st, uh, I think that was that Wednesday, uh, the Arkansas mask mandate expired on March 31st. So on April Fool's Day, you could come out and not wear a mask. But April Fool's was a little bit different in Little Rock because even though the Arkansas uh, mask mandate expired, uh, Mayor Frank Scott came out Basically, initiative executive order said we're going to continue wearing the mask in Little Rock proper until further notice. Uh, so that uh, uh, creates a, a, a little discombobulation between. It does. If you're a Little Rock resident, the governor, which is a statewide mandate affecting all the state. But then the mayor comes back in and affect what the is city. happening local. Mm-hmm. So so basically under the law, under the uh, n- neither of these so-called mandates are really mandates. They're executive orders. So you don't really have to do either or, but they, there is a strong uh, deference that you do this. So, uh, so there is a little discombobulation between the governor and the mayor. And you saw that last year because uh, Mayor Scott was the first one uh, to go to social distancing. He did it before the rest of the state did. Uh, Fayetteville, I think and, and Little Rock were the first and then the, then the mayor, sure then the, the governor came back uh, uh, three or four weeks later. Now, and then on Friday, this Friday, the, mm-hmm. the state Senate came in and said they're going to push a bill that makes every that even if Mayor Scott says or even if the the mayor in Hope or the mayor in, in Jonesboro, or the mayor says we can want you to continue to wearing the mask. Yeah. No, you can't do it. Uh, anyone, any citizen, and that bill is was passed in the Senate, and it will likely fly through the Senate and the House over the next few weeks. It'll become law in about two weeks, two or three weeks. So that basically will say that no one will have to wear a mask. But still, you've got the President of the United States, the CDC, and some... Saying to wear your mask. Yeah, and some city leaders like Mayor Scott saying, please... We know you have the right not to wear the mask, but we are encouraging you not to because in some areas where they're not wearing masks. Or mask to now, wear masks. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, uh, the thing is that, that I think you mentioned Dr. Fauci. He mentioned there are some cities that are having spikes of COVID cases because uh, they've they've ended their mask mandates. And I want to ask you, when you say Dr. Fauci's name, and, and you said this kind of briefly uh, a minute ago, but I want you to kind of explain this herd Im- immunity. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what that kind of means? That that means cure. Basically, it's the cure is that that uh, uh, most people are not susceptible, uh, susceptible to catching COVID. Most of the population, let's say I go to work, there are enough people in my office that don't have COVID, so it's not spreading. So it's not jumping from person to person uh, like it did before there was no vaccine. So when most of the population, and you do this, like take, for instance, the measles, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, 99% of people uh, don't have measles anymore or polio or the flu. 
uh, the flu is less uh, because people still get the flu every year. And I think what's going to happen with COVID-19 is because uh, I think the Moderna vaccine, you basically have to go back and get that that shot every year. So what we are going to have to probably live with in, in, in terms of a new normal every is, year. That, is that COVID is going to be around. It's going to be a disease just like the flu that comes back uh, around uh, year to year. And it'll still be a part of our society for, for a long time. And I, I think just like uh, the measles or the or something that you never truly get rid of it. It's still out there. Mm-hmm. It's still people are still able. It's still able to chicken pox. It's still lethal in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, and now you're seeing different variants of COVID nineteen. Uh, but you just like other times, there's different types of flus. Uh, so you have chicken flu. You have you know just different types of flus. And I think you're going to see that in the future. Different types of of uh, as you get the vaccine. Then, then the COVID is going to say, well, I don't like that vaccine. I'm going to turn it to something else, you know. Right. And so it, be, it morphs into something else, into the different variant. And you're going to begin to see that uh, uh, as these vaccines, effective vaccines. And there's different vaccines out there. The Moderna is different from the Pfizer. The Pfizer is different from the Johnson & Johnson. AstraZeneca, which has been used in Europe, they say is causing, has some really strong side, side effects. effects. And then there, you got what's happening in Russia and China. They have their own system. What's happening in Africa, in, in South America, in other continents. And you go down to New Zealand where there's basically no COVID. What if people start visiting uh, in New Zealand? What's going to happen? So, so COVID-19 is going to be with us for a long time. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we will definitely keep people updated on, you know, the, the ins and outs and, and the ups and downs of the COVID-19 vaccine and virus itself. So make sure you go to BlackConsumerNews.com and make it your daily read for sure. So now let's pivot to Mayor Scott's annual address last week, Wesley. Mm-hmm. Scott outlined his post-pandemic vision for 2021 and beyond under his bright colored and branded Rebuild the Rock plan that includes several new uh, citywide initiatives and projects, uh, which include um, Little Rock Health and Wellness Commission, Energy Reduction Plan, and Equity at Work, uh, Business Equity and Leadership Development, which is Build um, uh, Academy. Also, the Little Rock Promise Scholarship, mm-hmm. which is something that's one of my faves, and then the Lit Fest uh, mm-hmm. for 2022. So let's talk about those and kind of how he kind of is planning to roll all this out. And also the tax, the mm-hmm. the, the sales tax. Yeah, petty he, sales tax that, that he introduced l- last year about and, this time. And, and bringing back around to us uh, now. So so, so uh, uh, the first thing is the rebuild the rock. Every All of this uh, whole initiative is going to be kind of like a campaign, the rebuild the rock. You're going to see that as a logo, as a theme, a rebranding, a campaign uh, all around the city, just like rolling out a new commercial, you're going to see uh, the the logo "Rebuild the Rock," uh, uh, and and you can go to our website blackconsumernews.com and read read the all the details of this new plan. But mm-hmm. initially, uh, uh, when he made this speech on his during his annual city uh, state of the city address on March 25, he rolled out these new initiatives. But it's uh, but he also reintroduced, and I'll go to that first: the penny sales tax. Mm-hmm. Uh, the penny sales tax, basically the sales tax that was last sales tax that was passed under uh, Mayor Mark Stodola in 2012 it it ended a deadline on at the end of 2020 so there was nothing else in place so uh, originally 
uh, Mayor Scott last year before the pandemic, he introduced a penny sales tax that would begin on mm-hmm. the first of this year to replace that past sales tax. So it continues. That ended in 2020. Right. Okay. And that By last, Stoller. that mm-hmm. last sales tax, it <sighs> built several, uh, it built that new police station, uh, uh, on uh, 12? Yeah, on 12th Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, it built several new fire stations. The Little Rock Technology Park did a lot of uh, yeah. uh, infrastructure improvements. So he wants to continue that. That brings in about $50 million annually to the city. Uh, so that he wants to use that for uh, to help pay for some of these initiatives that he's talked about. Seems smart to me. Yeah, but also to do some... Uh, 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 some things uh, in terms of, of better life, what he called quality of lifestyle issues, better parks, uh, improve the parks. You know, he, he closed a couple of the golf courses, so he's going to make those uh, more attractive parks. Uh, and because those are, that's a lot of space, you yeah. know, with those golf courses where people can go and fish, hike, do certain things. And he want to make Little Rock kind more of family. a yeah, more, more family, family oriented yeah, and I more health that. oriented and, and health for sure hey and let's talk briefly about the Little Rock Promise Scholarship I want mm-hmm. to talk about that that's really good and and I think someone else um, is doing that initiative yeah. as well, well yeah the, the city of El Dorado was yes. the first okay. in Arkansas to do yeah. it the Murphy family which is the billionaire family down there that created Murphy USA Murphy Oil uh, and Chanel built a lot of the Chanel area out there the land out there they own a lot of that land uh, they that family itself and the company Murphy Oil donated, basically said we're going to pay for it. every uh, every person who graduates, every high schooler that graduates from Eldorado High School will get a scholarship to college or, or the money for that scholarship to help start your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has just boomed down there. There are people moving, moving to Eldorado <laughs> so that their child can get <laughs> that scholarship. Uh, so what Mayor Scott did, he reached out to our wealthy uh, uh, citizens in the city's uh, companies, and he is asking them to establish a Little Rock Promise Scholarship where every child in Little Rock Public School uh, will uh, uh, have a scholarship uh, to start their life after uh, they leave. And, and what that does, it eliminates, especially for black children, the need for, for student loan debt. I mean, we, as we know, in our communities, after college, a lot of us struggle to buy a house, to get started because of that student loan that sometimes follow us 20, 30 years. So uh, Absolutely. that helps. And you saw that when uh, Robert Smith paid off the, the student loan of all the people uh, uh, earlier this year at Morehouse. So, it, so is this a proposal um, for these initiatives and, and, and projects? He's, or is... he's requesting the community to come together to establish this. So okay. it, it's an ask. It's a request. Okay. So secondly, on the other end of that, mm-hmm. he wants to establish a, a savings plan for children in, when they get to kindergarten to pay help. Oh, yes, I love to that. To start saving money for them to go to college. So either way, it, it does the same thing. Uh, you save if you start saving it at, at, for a child in 12th grade, put that money in the stock market. You may already have more than enough to, to pay for their education after they leave high school. So you got those two ends of that. Yeah. Great projects and initiatives. I'm sure you can go to the city of Little Rock yeah, you, and uh, website. And also his address was on is on YouTube. So if anybody wants to take a look at it, there yeah, climate as well. change, energy reduction plan. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. A new type of bigger 
River Fest that he wants to start. Yeah, so. yeah. So all so all great things, um, uh, projects and initiative for the great city of Little Rock. And again, yeah. you can also go on Black Consumer News and check out that story. Yeah. BlackConsumerNews dot com for sure. Uh, um, let's see. Only three weeks after uh, President Joe Biden signed the one point nine trillion dollar stimulus package, which was on March eleventh, Wesley, uh, on Wednesday he turned it around and introduced an even larger two two trillion dollar plan to rebuild the nation's aging infrastructures Mm -hmm. Um, and it sounds like there's a a, a certain you know kind of vibe here along with the mayor as well as far as infrastructures and and building Mm -hmm. Uh, but in introducing his two-phase strategy at the white house biden said his american job plan and american families plan are essential to americans economic future and world standing. The first phase is the American job plan, introducing rebuilding, repairing the interstates, highways, railways, airports, and public transit. Uh, And the plan also would include building a nationwide network of 500,000 charging stations. For electric cars. For electric cars, which is also going to be providing um, uh, tax initiatives for families that want to buy them. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about renewable energy, oh my goodness, here we yeah, go, yeah. here we go, here we go. Mm. So um, let's talk about those plans um, real quick as we're expecting our guests in any moment now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and kind of this funding, this infrastructures, changing all those dynamics and all in the middle of, you know, the $1.9 trillion. Now we got mm-hmm. $2.2 trillion. It's a lot of money pouring into the economy. It's a lot of money pouring into the economy. And let's talk about how that also reflects on jobs as well okay. for people. So to, uh, uh, the, the president wants to build 20,000 miles of build, repair, or restore 20,000 miles of interstate highways across the nation what that does immediately is create thousands of jobs construction jobs uh the jobs to to, to support uh that effort uh to re- and, and it also is to build ten thousand new bridges uh to build those charging stations yes uh also that plan also includes replacing all the lead pipes at schools and daycares because uh because you we know what happened uh, at Detroit and and uh, in I think it was in Michigan where uh, we had the situation where where the whole city's water system was was in, infected with with lead uh, so that's a danger to our children and danger to our community so replacing that infrastructure for the whole nation and then the American Families Act is to improve the minimum wage improve uh, uh, to right now is that uh, to move it beyond fifteen dollars he wants to boost that. And he also wants to pay off the student loan debt. I was just going to say, erasing student loan debt. debt. So, so that's can, happening both at the state and federal end. So. Yeah, we can repeat that a few times, right? I know mm. people are perking up listening to that for sure. All right. Caller, are you there? Yeah. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who was on there because mm-hmm. because it didn't really really show us, um, Terry. But thank you so much for, for joining oh, us. I'm sorry? I said, you know my voice. I know your we voice. Know Absolutely. Yeah. Good yeah. morning. Good morning. Terry. And, and mm-hmm. welcome. Um, uh, Terry Hollins works. She's our Pulaski County 
clerk. We want to welcome you to Black Consumer News. Uh, Terry was uh, voted in um, as the uh, Pulaski County clerk back in 20, November of 2018. And she's the first African-American uh, woman to have um, this responsibility. And it's a big responsibility. Some of the things that um, um, Terry is overseeing at the courthouse is mm-hmm. um, real estate records, uh, voting by absentee ballot, marriage license, court reports, um, uh, county court orders, elections, uh, checking voter registration, which which, which we're going to be talking about all that today, Uh, campaign filings, and uh, DBAs doing business as. So you are a busy, busy, busy woman over at the courthouse, Terry, and thank you so much for joining us here today. Well, thank you so much for having me, and man... You make that sounds like a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's I upgrading the technology over there. So yeah, yeah I, I want to be able to do all that stuff at home. So uh, uh, hopefully, she's she's helping the work get that done too. So yeah, so we're we're going to be having a, a conversation with Terry today regarding the House Bill uh, seventeen uh, fifteen, and um, just really talking about the bill what does this particular bill mean how does it affect us as 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 voters for mm-hmm. sure and then kind of where all of this is coming from this momentum uh, going to the legislative uh, uh, session and and um, uh, really uh, looks like it's something that's like a, a, a tidal wave that's coming from from Georgia yeah <laughs> right? North Carolina. and North Carolina mm-hmm. you know that's kind of hitting us and I know Terry it is is definitely has hit you very abruptly in the face uh, sort of speak and so we're going to be talking about all those things um, with you today so um, the first question I have is how does the House Bill 1715 um, Terry differ from what is going on in in Georgia Oh, so I haven't really focused on how it's different or what's going on in Georgia in terms okay. of House Bill 1715. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I can tell you is all of the bills that the current legislators in Arkansas are putting forth that are about voting integrity mm-hmm. in that particular package is possibly the same as what's happening in Georgia. Right, in it is. They are, those bills... They call it voting integrity. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is trying to strip away any opportunity that voters have to be able to vote freely and fairly. Mm-hmm. And, so, and now that's a problem. So it's making it harder for us to be able to vote, harder for us to even stand in line to get, you know, to, to vote, mm-hmm. as, as they are trying to make sure that we can't serve water or food to uh, those voters who, who might have to stand in line. So what it's doing is punishing those voters who are who maybe just uh, recently uh, registered to vote. And so we definitely want to make sure that uh, I'm, I'm just in favor of of bills that make it easier and not harder for all Americans to vote. Absolutely. And it seems, uh, 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 Terry, that, that many of these, and, and, and not just in, is based on a false narrative uh, um, that was was created after the the 2018 president election and during uh, during the campaign that that somehow especially in black communities uh, that that voting uh, it's something is amiss or something that is nefarious in black communities that vote uh, right. and and many of these bills 
target that? I mean, you, you already in Georgia, you you saw the lines in Texas where in the black communities, the lines are, are miles, sometimes miles long just mm-hmm. to vote. And even with that obstacle, and we as black people face these all, all obstacles, are still voting. And that is is it seems to be the, the, the impetus behind you. Like you said, they're calling the voter integrity, but I call them voter suppression bills. It's definitely voter suppression. But I do want to answer uh, directly to what your question is about HB 1715 here in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm telling you why we oppose it. So the bill is to amend the law concerning voting by absentee ballot and spoiled ballots. Mm-hmm. And uh, we oppose it because when voters submit an absentee ballot application, we are now required to check their signatures against their voter registration application, you know, as opposed to what we currently do is, compa- uh, is compare their signature to their record, to the poll book. I mean, we look at the application, we look at all kinds of things that they've signed. And what that bill is saying now is just look at their particular application. So for example, if you have somebody who might be 95 and they want to go vote, well, you know, 95 years ago, did we keep that record is number one, you right. know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So now they have probably signed in that poll book all over, you know, all these years. And so their signature is there. Mm-hmm. Now what it's going to require us to do is almost disenfranchise somebody who's 95 who uh, now they've got to fill out an application, do the whole process over again, you know, to make sure that we have their signature on file. Mm-hmm. Now, by and large, we have those signatures on file, but what I'm saying is what this bill is doing is only wanting us to check the application. And so right. it's going to definitely dis- dis- disenfranchise those persons who are of a certain age. Mm-hmm. So they want a, n- a new application. Well, we're going to, we may have to do a new application because we didn't have, did we have computers in uh, 95 widespread? No, no, no. You're just starting so, to get so the computer. you see where I'm going with that? Mm-hmm. Oh, right, right. And so by the time our systems were up, say 2005 or 2006, you know, we've got a lot, uh, you know, about 95, 98% of that old information was digitized in, but, you know, we use the poll books as a way of making sure that their signature is what it is as well. Mm-hmm. And it puts an extra burden on, on your staff, too, you know. You know, that, that certainly that puts a burden on the staff, but it, that's not so much an argument as what we want to make sure we err on the side of the voter. Right. Because this is about making sure that the public mm-hmm. can get what they need. Right. And so, uh, and of course, this punishes those persons who are doing in voting, uh, in-person voting. Those who voted in person showed their photo ID and they signed that poll book in front of that poll worker. Now, they're so, now their signature is no longer acceptable. So that's a problem with this particular bill. So uh, we just want to make sure that, um, you know, that this we would really love for this bill to fail because we don't want to disenfranchise those. I want to, I want to talk about that. You uh, in committee had passed out a committee this week and it went to the House floor, uh, voted. Uh, basically along party lines, a supermajority, uh, since the Republicans have a supermajority, you, you, uh, all they had to do was keep all their people in line. So it passed by 74 out of 100 votes. So easily passed. Now it's going to the Senate. Some, some, during the, the, the committee hearing, some statements were made concerning, uh, uh, Pulaski County, which is the largest county in the state, in mm-hmm. the largest black population. So, Speak to those and, and, and answer those, those, those statements that was made about your office. Okay, so those uh, statements were made, uh, they were blatant lies, and I certainly want to make sure I address that they were 
false statements, blatant lies against the hard work that this office did. I mean, I've got some great employees, and they worked their butts off during this past session to make sure that folks can vote securely and fairly and freely. So the first statement uh, was said the plastic clerk uh, allowed an outside group to collect ballots on behalf of the clerk at a tent outside the outside of the courthouse. That did not happen. Mm-hmm. No outside groups accepted ballots. The, we had sworn clerk deputies who lawfully accepted return absentee ballots with security. We had security provided by the Placid County Sheriff's Office and the Little Rock Police Department. So that was going on. Uh, the, false, the next false statement, they said ballots were received, were opened in the county courthouse. No ballots, no absentee ballots were returned by voters to the courthouse, were opened in this office or by this office. They were placed in a locked box in the presence of the voter and then processed in the system before being delivered to the Plastic County Election Commission. They are the ones who open those ballots, the Plastic County Election Commission. Mm-hmm. Which is different than, than your office, and a lot of people don't understand that. Right, right. And so false statement number three, they said 98% plus of absentee ballot requests had signatures verified. We say it's 100%. All requests for absentee ballots mm-hmm. pass verification passed the verification before the absentee ballots were sent to the voters who requested them. We did not send out ballots, you know, wholesale. We, we can't do that. We don't even have the money to do that. Mm-hmm. So uh, those were the statements that I wanted to make sure that uh, on the record that we want folks to know that they said some blatant lies to make sure that they sold this package to their uh, Republican, you know, colleagues. Right. Uh, uh, the, the one thing, uh, like you said, this this bill passed the House. Now uh, it has to go over to the Senate. Uh, uh, and it has, uh, well, I guess the session is supposed to end around uh, uh, April 30th. So it has about uh, uh, maybe three or four weeks to go through that process. And you said you hopefully it'll fail over there. So so tell the people out there what what they can do. Uh, in, in, in the effort and what's going to happen over on the Senate side as this bill comes up? Well, what the folks out there can do is certainly call the, their state senators and certainly call uh, even some of those other state senators or email them and tell them to vote no on uh, House Bill 1715 because right now what those uh, laws are are basically it's the new Jim Crow. And I know there's a catchphrase of going Jim Crow 2.2, but in my opinion, this is like Jim Crow 15. <laughs> oh, steroids. Uh. You know, I'm just telling you, I think it's more than just 2.0. And so it is in response, you know, of course, to the number of people who voted in this country. If they can't beat us at the ballot box, they certainly were trying to keep us from voting. And we cannot let that happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I don't want any new voters punished. I want new voters to have an experience. And I really want all voters to have a good experience going to uh, the voting booth. And so we, we just want to make sure that uh, these res- restrictive uh, uh, bills don't get out of the House or the Senate. Mm-hmm. And so folks can also, not only can they email and certainly call, but the number to call is 501 682 2902. Mm-hmm. Again, 501 and that's the Arkansas Senate. And, and you know, and a lot of these these bills that you're saying going, and this is not the only bill. Uh, the, the 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 sponsor, Representative Mark Lowry, has a gaggle. Uh, there's several bills uh, uh, yeah. that that deal with uh, 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 voter suppression or to to target 
specifically uh, uh, the, the ability, uh, I believe, and, 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 and this is coming not from Wesley the Porter, but Wesley uh, the voter, uh, mm-hmm. that is to make it more difficult for someone like me or someone in my community or even for my church or, or my community to get involved in helping uh, people uh, have the ability to vote easier. And, and our forefathers and the Voters' Right Act, the Federal Voters' Rights Act that was passed during the Civil Rights, they that federal law strictly says we anything that is done to make voting difficult is against the law so right and terry i also want to add what what do you say to the idea that this is the stacy abrams effect you know all the things that she did in georgia to get the voters you know actually you know going to people's homes and getting them to fill out the voter registration and getting everyone uh, prepared to go in and, and vote what do you say to this type of bill coming here to arkansas I say that, yes, it probably is the Stacey Abrams effect, but, I mean, of course, that happened in, in, in all of the, uh, like, in Arizona. You mm-hmm. know, they, had, they first, they had their first uh, Democratic senators go, or my, it could be, it could be representatives, but I know they had some officials that were Democratic to go, you know, to Washington as well. So what I say to that is that I know that we are resilient people. Mm-hmm. And we're going to find a way and make sure that people can vote, no mm-hmm. matter what the laws are. Yeah, we're we going get to get around. We have it. to keep, keep hope alive. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that uh, we band together and we make sure that we get through this process. But one thing's for sure, we got to keep pushing and keep pushing and make sure that uh, we, we stop this as much as possible because, uh, you know, we're going to end up winning on the other side because, you know, we always have these hurdles. But we got to make sure that we keep pushing and keep going forward. Mm. And I also want to ask um, Terry as well, because a lot of times things happen uh, blindsided. Were you aware of any of this um, with this bill being, you know, coming up or uh, were you aware that this was about to happen at all? So I uh, because we were so successful last fall with the election, Mm -hmm. I knew that there was going to be something. And then, of course, watching the national news, I knew that there was going to be some kind of uh, you know, there were rumblings of things going, that were going to happen in the state houses. When one uh, particular party uh, feels like they're losing control, this is what their answer is to trying to keep that control. Mm-hmm. That control is still going to slip away because we're going to ultimately win. So, yes, I had an inkling, but I did not know specifically what they would have and when it would come up. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that becomes the issue of be, being able to go up there to the, um, you know, state capital to, to uh, defend something or to uh, certainly uh, make sure that we speak out against something. But I can tell you what, as a, uh, I'm in a clerk's association, mm-hmm. and they wholesale did not even want to address the issue. Right. So so uh, when it goes over to the, the, the Senate side or or have 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 the Senate chair or did the House chair or the, or even your own party, uh, did they encourage you to go up and, and speak against that bill, testify against it? Uh, no, actually, um, no, they did not. I even had some of the opposite. I had the opposite of uh, someone telling me not to go, that my presence would certainly um, uh, fuel the fire and that they kind of had it handled 
And, and in, in some respect, they did get it handled. Is Arkansas Association of Counties? I mean, the bill, one of the bills, did get defeated on the Senate side. Right. But they expunged the vote, which means that they can bring it back up. So to me, it's not really dead. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, so. Uh, so what will you continue you know, to do? And, to- and that was that was Senate Bill 485 to amend the law concerning concerning early voting, which removes that Monday before Election Day. Right. We definitely don't need that removed. So yeah. I mean, we don't want to remove any day from early voting. We want more people to vote. I mean, we always we want to make it easier, not harder, for all Americans to be able to vote. Yes. yes. And, and so what will you continue to do to, to um, uh, bring awareness and also to, to, to fight against um, uh, this particular bill? And again, um, repeating, uh, Wesley, um, to our listening audience, and what can they do to support you? Okay, so what I'm going to continue to do is do what I'm doing now. Maybe come on your show, go on some other shows, but I'm going to speak out against what's happening. And so, and I might be the lone clerk out there, and I might be standing on the state capitol by myself with my, with my signs. <laughs> come but on with I, it. I think that we have to bring some kind of awareness to this. Well, I listen, want- you got a lot of friends on Facebook, and a lot of people supported <laughs> you getting in there. They need to come up there and support you at the capitol as well. Hey, the caller that's calling in, we only have one line, and I don't want to hang up on Terry just right now. So give us just a moment, and we will get your call in here in just a moment. Um, I hear it ringing and ringing and ringing. So someone has something that they want. <laughs> to say and I'm going to let you in but I, we got to finish up with Terry here in just a moment uh, but okay, go ahead I Terry I want them to call the state senate and tell them you know to vote no on uh, HB 1715 that number is 501-682-2902 and also email them and you know just email call whatever I just want them to make sure that they have their voice heard mm-hmm. because again we want to protect our democratic right to vote. We want to make voting easier and not harder. And we are for all eligible Americans to be able to vote. All right. Well, thank you, Terry, for, for joining us. Uh, uh, we know that's a, uh, a, a, like you said, that uh, we want to make voting easier for our population because we know the legacy behind the Jim Crow, the lynching, uh, the poll taxes. Uh, that that uh, reminds us uh, uh, that, that uh, we should be uh, involved in the process. So well, we thank you for coming on. Tell your mom we said hi and uh, continue to doing the good work that you do. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And just want to make sure, again, uh, I think I have a correction on something I might have said. Okay. It was SB 485 was expunged. Mm-hmm. I think I said that. I just want to make sure that, that it was expunged. But that means they can bring it back up. Yeah, but definitely. Still, all of these bills, and if I need to, uh, you know, send something to you all so you can know all of the bills that are in this voting integrity package, I will. Yeah, and, I've, uh, yeah we've got that, get, too. That way folks can know. All right. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Y'all have a great day. Thank All you, right. Terry. All right. Bye-bye. Now that call is ready. <laughs> I think it's... I think, okay. okay. Caller, you're going to have to call right back in and get on caller and get on line number one because it's hard to bring you in on line two. So if you just call right back, I know they're like, okay, I got all these instructions, (laughs) but this is the way that the lines were here at KBF 88.3. And I was talking to Wesley about that earlier. Um, Here we go. We'll have to do something to help uh, uh, bring up the technology (laughs) on the phone lines here. Thank you for calling Black Consumer News. Caller, are you there? Hello, hotel, sister Angel. Yeah. Uh, brother uh, Westbury, how y'all doing this morning? I'm we're doing, doing great. Did you have a comment or a question? Well, I'm more so of an analysis. Uh, 
even with the uh, required signature, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have the same signature I had or someone had mm-hmm. when they were 18. Yeah, you write a different way. Okay. <laughs> so how, I don't see how this bill addressed uh, those deficiencies because it could be a possible age discrimination, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. which takes it to the federal level, which would override that, that medical condition that a person has that they're making it hard to vote. Mm-mm. So uh, I wanted to ask Terry, how is how uh, how are those medical conditions going to override state law? And I'll let y'all comment on that. Well, thank you. Well, I think the the, the, the first president on the federal law is that that uh, any act that makes it diff- more difficult uh, to vote, uh, and that's what the lawsuit was filed in Georgia. Uh, that's just been filed. Uh, the federal lawsuit and as the caller said that's going to be the first precedent that 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 the court has to decide is this law making it more harder for a a specific group of people to vote and i do think it does that because this is specifically targeted that's a very uh, valid point yeah and represent uh mark lowry has filed several bills he filed this uh you know he was in on the uh 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 the what is 1670 project where uh, about slavery that can't be taught in school uh he 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 has several bills that seem to be specifically aimed at black communities uh so that argument can be made once a lawsuit and it will be once this bill passed and it probably will pass in the senate once it passed uh most likely there will be a federal uh state and then a federal lawsuit file to answer his question right you, you, there there cannot be any uh, uh, attempts to uh, 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 to discriminate against someone because of their age, race, or sex, and he brought the issue of age. Uh, that that you can't make it harder for a person who's ninety five to vote. Uh, uh, specifically, a lot of older people vote by absentee ballot, and this bill is specifically targeted to make it harder to to vote by absentee ballot. And I think ballot. it's also a very poignant point that your signature changes. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and mine changes, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even 95. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, okay, depending mm-hmm. on how I feel that day, yes, you know. So. so that is just really a very just minuscule um, attempt, mm-hmm. I think, to. Um, cause some bumps in the road as far as voter um, suppression is concerned. Yeah. And, and, you know, like she said, this is a gaggle of bills that have been filed. Uh, the, the session's supposed to end on April 30th. This bill will probably hit the Senate sometime next week. Uh, and then uh, you have the debate in committee and then it will go to the Senate floor and then it has to be signed to the law by the governor. I would be interested how the governor feels about this. Uh, that question hasn't been Absolutely. been pushed out there. Will he sign these bill, even if he doesn't sign, or even if he vetoes it, uh, with the supermajority in the House and the Senate, they can override his veto. Uh, uh, so it'll. And plus, the other issue up there is, mm-hmm. you know, he has his hate crime bill. Uh, by his nephew that was introduced this week, and they're fighting that. The same group that are pushing this voter uh, voter suppression bill is also trying to fight the governor's hate crime bill. So you got that whole dynamic. This session hasn't even talked about the fiscal issues. Talk about the issues of COVID, a few issues of COVID that we talked about earlier, but mm-hmm. it's totally been focused on these regressive bills that 
that are aimed at hurting people. You know, they passed the bill on against the, on on abortion that was aimed at at, at uh, targeting women, regardless of whether you feel how you feel about abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this had more in it than than just that issue. Uh, also, the issue uh, 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 the to make it the, the the transphobic bill that that has been filed there. That bill has created a lot of controversy because it targets a specific group of people. And now you have these voter suppression bills, and there are other bills similar to this that have been filed. This person that someone said are mean spirited, in in basically in regards to what happened during the 2020 election when Donald Trump got defeated. So we have a a pro-Trump movement in Arkansas that's going on that is introducing these bills. Uh, uh, so it, it, it's an interesting time. And Arkansas is considered now the most red state in the United States. So. Well, and you got to make sure you're paying attention and who you're voting for. And even sometimes if you're paying attention, uh, Wesley, doesn't mean that the right people are in place to look after the citizens in, in this city as well as in the state as well. So I think, uh, as Terry mentioned, the support mm-hmm. uh, and supporting, uh, you know, just coming out to the state capitol supporting mm-hmm. against i mean or, or you know you sowing your support against this type of bill or any type of bill i think is very important and yeah. like she mentioned just making a phone call letting people know they were listening that we're watching and making sure that you do go into black consumer news and keep up with all the the updated information that's going on here locally and nationally especially as it regards to politics and our legislators and and in the, the voting process or, or or the bills that are being um uh, put before us today because um you know april 30th is coming quickly but there has been so many bills again like you said that are kind of mean-spirited not kind of that are mean-spirited and that seem to be talking targeting african americans mm-hmm. and yeah and people of color and on the surf communities and you brought up a point uh and that you asked when you asked uh uh Terry, the question, you know, was she aware of what was going on in, in the essence of this particular bill? It is important, and, and I, I'll, I'll stress this, for our, my representative, whoever's my representative or whoever's my senator, I want to know what's going on when these type of bills are, are taking place. I, uh, I think it's important that our legislators do a better job of, of informing our community about what's going on. Uh, one of the things that happened in our community, when we hear about something like that, mm-hmm. it, we spread the word real fast through word of mouth. Uh, we, our, our means of, of spreading information about this is, is a little different than other communities. So I do think it's important for our, our lawmakers and our legislators and our leaders and our community leaders, so to speak, to inform us of what's going on. Uh, just uh, just as you do with the Dunbar Historic Neighborhood Association, getting out and telling people and holding forums and letting people know that these types of, of, of bills are being, you know, even this week, I, I as a member of the, the Arkansas Press Association, I'm fighting several bills that are aimed at, at weakening the Freedom of Information Act. So. Uh, this legislature wants to hide yeah, documents. You, yeah, and so you just testified um, this past week. So tell us a little yeah, bit about yeah, that, yeah. Wes. I, I testified. I'm a member of the uh, the Governor's Task Force on the Freedom of Information Act, which is basically the First Amendment, to keep open meetings. Of So the city council, so the Little Rock Planning Commission, so the Little Rock Port Authority can't go into secret meetings to talk about your money. 
Right. Talk that was this, this. This this is the one you were testifying about this week. Yeah, and we yeah. had we had uh, the former mayor Mark Stodler and uh, the Little Rock Port Authority uh, uh, executive Brian Day. They they came and testified for this bill to keep to hold secret meetings to talk about, let's say, Amazon coming to town or Costco coming to town, which they are, or a big uh, project that's coming in town. Uh, they don't want citizens to know they they basically saying well we might lose this project if if we if the citizens hear about this because uh, or or we can't compete for those jobs but but i believe open meetings being transparent is more important than than secrecy anytime there's something done in secret there's yeah, a problem there's a problem something's yeah. going on and yeah so th- this is a kind of a sneaky attack on uh, or the Arkansas Freedom of Information, which is supposed to be the strongest in the United States, but it's weakening it down. The other thing, uh, there's a bill out there to to make uh, body cams information video secret. Uh, let's say with this George Floyd incident, uh, the body cam footage, footage that's that show him being killed would now not be available to the family of George Floyd or someone out there, a private citizen, to go out and get that and see that can uh-huh. until the investigation was over with. So that means there would be no trial that we're having now uh, that, wow. that until after the investigation was over. Uh, and sometimes we don't know about those investigations because if, if you're having, uh, a, a, if you can't get that information, then, then there's no issue out there that's going on. Well, well, thank you, Wesley, for for definitely, um, you know, keeping us updated. And thank you for, you know, definitely, um, you know, being a part of the process and looking out for our uh, best interests here in the community of, of Little Rock. And we certainly appreciate that because the, the Freedom of Information Act is, is so very important because mm-hmm. it affects us all. And then, like you said, if you're not being transparent, then that means if something has to be secret and it's not transparent, that to me, there's something wrong. Yeah, definitely. Something going damn wrong. <laughs> 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 to, 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 to say it in, in an even a better way. Well, Wesley, looks like that's going to take that our time. Fast. That was fast. Mm-hmm. Fast and furious and good. Hey, listen, thank you, everyone, for listening in, tuning in, and calling in. We certainly appreciate you uh, being here at Black Consumer News uh, with us here today on Friday, and we're going to get ready to just bring it all together for you, and we'll be back here next Friday from 11 a.m. until 12 noon. Again, we appreciate you all being here. Make sure you go to our Facebook page, Black Consumer News, um, uh, on Black Consumer News, to our website, blackconsumernews.com, also on Twitter, and like us on Facebook because we like you, and also on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll be back here next Friday from 11 a.m. until noon. Thank you again. Thank you.